Yourself is a dedicated podcast meeting brilliant minds and looking at the world around them. How do they 360 themselves and 360 the world? Jamie Neal, the host, that's me, asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello, welcome back to 360 Yourself. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very, very well. So, what have you been doing this morning? Where have you come from? Um, I came from Tulse Hill in South London. No way. Whereabouts? <laughs> um, it's right, it's, it's near Brixton. And I was actually, I grew up there, so it's my home. Oh, so your parents still there then? No, they actually moved to Devon when I was 16. Sure, I'm from Devon. Are you? Whereabouts in Devon? Topsham. Uh, Plymouth? Oh yeah, yeah, you can close. It's like close. Exeter. They yeah. live in Exeter. Yeah, yeah. How weird. It's close. About, it's like an, I think Exeter's like an hour and a half or so two hours away from Now me, I can I hear you with the hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's only certain words that I that I, I have in and then people are like, Oh yeah, I, I understand now where you're from. I get it. I get oh, that's it. amazing. I love I love people from the West Country. We're very friendly people. We are. I find it I've made a lot of friends that we're we're in short house at the moment, but I've made a lot of friends in short house purely because I'm from Devon. Really? And they're from Devon. And oh. I'm like, Oh my god, you're from Torquay or you're from Exeter. No. And I'm like, I met a friend of mine called Rebecca, who's a really big model casting director, right? And she was sat opposite me, and I was like, and I was just, just chatting, like, oh, like, re- I was reading a book, and she was doing something, and then suddenly we got into, like, where we're from, and she was like, oh, I'm from uh, Devon, like, near, like, 30 minutes from Plymouth, and I'm like, shut up, I'm literally from Plymouth. And now we've been, like, really, really good friends since this moment, just because we're from the same place. And we realise that we're so friendly because we are from Devon. Yeah, Devon definitely. people are really, really friendly. They're and now, so funny. Everyone talks to everyone. Literally, that's that's Devon life. Because it's, 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 it's I come from a very small village, so it's okay. like, there's like no one there. It's actually... You, you, you have cows. To, cows. <laughs> yeah, I'm like 20 minutes from the from the beach, 20 minutes from yeah. basically everything, and I, you still have to use cash to get on the bus. It's one of the, it's one of those sort of things. So, so tell me, so how did you get into modelling, and where 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 have you come from? Like, what is your background in terms of that sort of thing, and what's your family? Like, are they are they in the arts or anything like that? Well, so. I, I was always interested in, but I, I always like bought, you know, the magazines like Vogue or the high end yeah, magazines. Yeah. But I never pursued it for myself. Yeah. I think when I was um, like a teenager, I started getting scouted on the street. But I just, I was like, no, education, education. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my mum wanted me to do English literature at university, and that was solid. So I um, went to Leeds University. Yeah. And was studying English literature, and in my second year I actually got street casted one day in London by Adidas Okay. and I did a campaign with them that went um, it was Adidas originals and it, it went global uh-huh. and um, then interest started picking up 
and it was quite funny because I actually used to hide from the camera. I remember at university, all the pictures I'd just be hiding. I oh, really? really? My mum has it too. I have a really weird thing with the camera. But then when I did that job, because I disassociated it with me being me, and it was, you know, I put on like an act, I was another character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I found it really comfortable. Um, so, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to try this out. And then I met with um, Premiere, and I signed with them, and I actually started picking up work quite quickly, fortunately, because it can go one or other two ways with models. And, yeah. um, and, they, and, they, and they can get into debt as well, because obviously the agencies are lending money and model houses and that sort of thing. There's loads of different ways it can Exactly. Go. And I think because I started not so young, I was fortunate enough not to, you know, have to rely on like model apartments like yeah, yeah. and things like that. And I had friends, fortunately, around the world and I make, made some friends in America, so I didn't into the model apartment situation because yeah, yeah, the horror yeah. stories got scared me too much. Oh man, I know so many <laughs> stories about model apartments. So um, that's kind of it really, but funnily enough, my dad in the back in his day um, was with Models One. Oh wow, but okay. But he says it's very different to how he sees me modelling and I work my arse off compared to him because he spent most of the time chilling on beaches in the Caribbean for a week shoot with Vogue, you know, when yeah, everything yeah. was very different. Yeah, for um, sure. And partying, and he used to throw um, warehouse parties with John Galliano in, in the firm. <laughs> so, you're, so your dad's very much in the, in the scene. Yeah, he, he yeah. was, he was. And then um, he had to get a proper job. Right, okay, <laughs> so, fair enough. So, yeah, um, so my parents aren't really in the fashion world, but there's that connection with my dad, and he supports what I do, which is wonderful. And my mom works in film. Fair enough. Doing what? What she do? Never quite understood what she does, but it's to do with independent directors like Danny Boyle and etc. And I think it's when they start making a film, her company helps them with working out the budgets and everything. Yeah. So she, yeah. So she's like co-producer, and then she gets attached to like a, a, a big kind of studio, and then they do like the pilot, and then they greenlight it. Yeah. All that. All that sort of thing. So I know what your mum does, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she cool. never explains it. She's like, I'm just doing this. <laughs> but but you're so, well, it's lovely because my parents are also in the arts as well. So they totally get what I do. And so it's, I'm assuming for you because your parents are in the arts or were in the arts. So they totally support and can relate to what you what you do and they, they totally support it. But did they? So when they, when you first started modelling, but they, but even though, my question, even though you were in the, well, you were interested in modelling and they were also in the arts, they were make they wanted you to get a degree and do university before you went into anything artistic. Yeah, my mum did not want me to. Really? Why is that? I I, my mum's quite safe and my dad's quite wild. So my right. dad's just like impulsive pretty eccentric and he's just like go do it just do it you know you only live today yeah and my mom's more think about the future you have a, a, a skill here um which would be a fundamental basis for some incredible career in the future that's how she thinks yeah yeah um so yeah she also even swerved me away from drama at university which is i want really? to do english and drama and she was like oh no but so what she's did you quite do, safe so what did you do english and i just did english and philosophy Okay. Oh, oh, <laughs> philosophy. Um, but do you? It was but, fun though. The two I mean, combined. Yeah. Was amazing. Did you? But does it? Does doing those sort of um, disciplines of that of like English and the philosophy? Does it? Do you feel it's helped you a lot within your work that you do now? Then. Oh my gosh, definitely. Um, I still write in my spare time, 
I and I do think that, that it's something I'll come back to properly and I even think like even this is the most simple thing of writing a good email oh yeah for sure there's it so many emails that I've seen that are terrible yeah, yeah so it's, I think even that stems from like knowing how to write and, and how to use words yeah I'm quite wordy but, well um, you did a degree in English literature <laughs> so yeah at Leeds University um, which was a wild party place and a lot of my friends are DJs now because everyone really? in Leeds we were exposed to like the best music and yeah, nightlife yeah, yeah. that there is um, so yeah it, it was a really good time though but I think model the the opportunity to travel the world and model was it was perfect it came to me at the right time um, and yeah so I took took it on but the thing, the thing is, made the risk. It's always it's all about perfect timing, though, isn't it? In life, sometimes like yeah. it, it comes a bit too early in life, and you're like, "Oh, we're not ready for this." But for you, when did you start? What age did you start kind of uh, doing? Nineteen twenty. Yes, it's a good age. So you were like a like an early, early like sixteen year old, seventeen year old. You were a bit yeah, more I mature, and you were like, and you and you already had less. Like, you've already been away from home as well, because a lot of these yeah, these new mums are like still at home with their parents and all that sort of thing. But you already went away. Did you yes, do an education? So I basically lived on my own from the age of 16. Oh, wow. And then I had um, my housemate, who is still my housemate today, and, and basically she's family. My mum would never let her leave, but um, me and my housemate bought this flat in Tolls Hill with my parents um, when we had the right to buy from the council. Yes, wow. So it's very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. So that's why I don't move, because I would, obviously, there's other parts of London I'd love to explore sometimes. Like, I really like Notting Hill and places like that, but there's no point renting when you have your own place, you know? No, What's never, the point? And you travel, never. when you travel all the time, you don't have that worry about paying rent on two places or all that drama. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but I've been independent from a young age, I'd say. Yeah, and, and, and how long have you been modelling now then? Five years. Five years. And and do you feel like your mental approach to the industry has changed since you first entered? And I mean, the, the industry has changed since I have entered. Yeah? Over such a short period of time. Obviously, with the influence of social media and um, I think in good and bad ways. Um, it's very empowering seeing diversity yeah. in the industry. Um, but there is more competition because everyone's excited about it now. Everyone can get involved and mm. so yeah, pros and cons. But I'm, I'm all for how open-minded it's becoming and how models are now like managing themselves and they they you know you can create this look now for yourself. Mm. And um, what do you mean the look? Is it like the brand image you can or brand like yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think that wasn't around when you first started that coming out? I think supermodels like Naomi Campbell and Kate Moss started the trend. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But I do think that you could just get lost. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just be a hanger, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, I do think that it's an exciting time, but it has changed for sure. I did, um, just two years ago, I worked with Aerie, which is American Eagles. Um, it's no retouching, body positivity. Amazing. Um, yeah, that is amazing. So they don't retouch any of the photos, and they have such a diverse uh, group of 
girls and boys, um, but it's mostly women because it's their lingerie collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did that, and it was all over Times Square, and I was like, oh my gosh, the pictures of me on Times Square are literally like no makeup, <laughs> no retouching, but I, I loved them because they were just so real. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that probably wouldn't happen maybe like a couple, like maybe like five, six, seven, ten years ago. No, I don't think so. I don't, yeah, I think it would be less likely to see me on. Times Square billboard then because there weren't brands doing things like that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of what I represent is being free and natural and that youthful, playful vibe and being comfortable in your body. Mm. I, I mean, my body has changed since I started modeling and um, I have battled with, you know, with it at times, but I've, I've definitely, with age as well, grown to use what I've got and love what I've got and just make the best of what I've got. Yeah. Well, because obviously you're growing up and your your body's changing, your mind's changing, but it's like, as, as much as we are, um, we start out as a certain thing, our interest and our passion, the way that we view ourselves totally changes. And like, um, so there's a really good quote that was like, know what you're offering. And, but your offering changes every probably three years because you are changing as a person because you're adapting, you're developing. So for you as well, with your body and your mind, your interest might have been like, I want to do this when I first start modeling, but now you're in a different place, physically a different place. So your interest and what you're offering to clients and what you're offering to your audience is totally different compared to what it was five years ago. Yeah. And I think it's being aware of that going, I'm not offering the same thing I was offering five years ago. Yeah. I'm offering a totally new version because this is the new version I am now. And educating people around you that it's okay to offer new things at different points in your life because we're always changing. I think that's, exa that's exactly it. And I think also be honest and know who you are. Like, you know, I am me and I'm going to show who I am. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, don't change because I came in this way. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So was you, have you always been like that, knowing kind of what, you're, what you have to offer? Because I think a lot of people find that trying to find their voice, in quotation marks, what they have to offer. Did you, did you kind of come going, I'm that free-spirited? I actually got a little bit lost at one point. And, um, and I think I was, I've been vulnerable at times where I've maybe taken, not taken the right advice from the right people. And, you know, it's just, it, there's so many people telling you different things. Always, yeah, always. I definitely learn from others. I very much like... And like people to teach me things. So yeah, it's yeah. been like that. So um, there are, you know, decisions I've made which I often like question. But but like in trying that path, which maybe I wasn't unsure about, I've learned whether that worked or not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the mistakes make you a better person. A better person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I do know now though, if it comes like down to actually just like being logistic and everything, what works. Yeah. But before I was a bit like of a dreamer, but I'm still a little bit of a dreamer. What do you mean, what do you mean a dreamer? As in terms of logistics? Big dreams, you know, but now I'm like a little bit more grounded, I guess. I'm still not like that. My, my, my agent literally said to me a couple weeks ago, she was like, I love your, I love your enthusiasm, I love your passion, and I love how big you think, but sometimes you've got to be a little bit realistic that you're not going to be doing X, Y and Z this year or next year but it's great to think that you should be doing that and we have to some, it's great to, it's what I think a quote from Bill Smith and he says um, 
both uh, both person both people who say they can and cannot are both usually right. And he says, why would you want to be realistic? Because it was unrealistic that the Wright brothers would make an airplane. Yet we have airplanes now. And it's those sort of quotes that I always remember going, yes, it's great to be a realistic, but there's so many things that were unrealistic at a certain point that, like, for instance, I went to a um, Forces of Change um, panel yesterday at South Bank, and it's amazing that there was a little person there who was the first ever little person on the front of a Vogue magazine. And maybe, like, seven years ago, a year ago, that was unrealistic. And people were like, you should, and maybe that person who was, who was on the cover shouldn't be thinking of those goals and those dreams. But actually, it's because she thought of those goals and those dreams and she wanted to, that she made it realistic. But I'm sure many people said to her, oh, it's probably unrealistic that you'll be on the cover of Vogue magazine. But yeah, here we are, 2020, she's on the cover of Vogue magazine. So yes and no, I agree with the sort of like being realistic, but I also be unrealistic because it has to come from somewhere. It's true, and it has to come from you. For sure, always, always has to come from you. So that's my battle that I struggle with. Don't worry, I always struggle. I struggle that with that too. I think. I think. What is your star sign? I'm a Gemini. Me too. Oh, that's why we get on. May so May twenty ninth. I am June the seventeenth. Ah, so with, so I don't know if you know about Gemini's, but Gemini's are people who have are not always. Well, for me, I don't know about you, but I'm always thinking. There's always overactive mind. Yeah, overactive mind. I'm always thinking, and I'm either on the far scale left or on the far scale right. I'm never in the centre, even though I try to meditate and try to be centred. But I'm never, I'm never in one place. I'm always really, really far that way, or really, really far Definitely that way. Definitely me too. Yeah. So it's it's finding people who are like minded like that because I think that I'm quite full on. So finding people who don't mind me being full on, also who find it merges with their star sign and there's obviously star signs of people that I've met and I'm sure you have as well that you just go oh the energy's not right here oh oh or you go on dates and you're like oh you're definitely I'm a bit too much for you all right okay it's fine it's I have been attracting a lot of Gemini energy recently there you go it's interesting there you go and that and I reached out to you so I mean that's yeah. I, there you go there you go so um in terms of like your writing work yeah. How how does this sort of um, escalate and develop as you become a model? Are you giving? Are you also giving time to that in your downtime? Oh, well, like you've just explained with our star side, I'm all, like very overactive, overthinking, and I'm I love doing lots of different things, lots yeah. of different things. Yeah, I know exactly. But what I do try and do every day is keep a diary. Right. Because that just keeps me practicing writing, and yeah, it's yeah. free, yeah. so I can just—I don't have to overthink it too much. Mm-hmm. On the side of that, I've been writing a book. Cool. Um, very exciting. Can you give us an insight of what the, ta- the what it's slightly about? Yeah, it's loosely based on my dad. Okay. During that time. That time when he was modelling, and it's. Oh, he was a model. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought he was a booker. Sorry. No, he was a model. Oh, he was a model. Sorry, he Karen. Sorry. Um, so it's mostly based off these stories that I mostly have had to like somehow get out of him because he doesn't. But my godfather tells me like, "Oh, your dad this time." Right. So and then it also throws light. It's kind of like a parody on Hamlet. Cool. Yeah. So and his self. Kind of destruction. <laughs> okay, okay. And then that kind of ties in with 
this figure who's my dad and his self-destruction. I look and forward to seeing it. I look forward to seeing it. It's in the bookstores. I look forward to it. I really hope it will be. I really hope it will be. Um, and even I've even taken like I love exaggerating things that have happened, like right, so okay. blowing out proportions. So I've even had some situations that have happened to me, and I've just like kind of played on them. Right. Okay. David Sedaris, he's like amazing. He. Um, He's always making things very humorous, and I actually did a masterclass by him, which taught me a lot about storytelling and humor. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it's quite funny. Dark comedy, British. Dark comedy. <laughs> very British. Very British. So that's that's the project that I have. And then I have waves where I'm just really into it, and then I just can't write sometimes. I mean, simple. we have that. We're artistic beings. Sometimes we're really, really creative, and sometimes we're not, and that's yeah. absolutely totally fine. Exactly. So that's that. And then um, I also i am trying to start. I haven't done it yet, so I don't, I don't know if I should jinx it and talk about it, but I'm trying to start a series um, where I take people out and do things so example my put these two friends who are like be, vegan influ, they influence yeah and thing. they're vegan advocates and so we're going to go tasting all these vegan restaurants that we've actually been to before and like know the people right, so, okay. um, so it'll just be like a little diet lily's diaries cool yeah. i like the name lily's diaries it's actually going to be called unseen with okay. lily jean there you go <laughs> so what stop are you doing in them it actually starts next week. I just haven't there been in go. London. <laughs> there you go. There My you go. My videographer's in London. Okay. And I didn't want. I. I just. I have to do it with him. I have to do there it. There you with go. Him. I, I travel. Like I love to travel. I can't stay in one place for too long. Me too. So whilst I'm here, I'm bashing it out. Good. That's. I managed yeah. to get everyone together next week. So thank God. Amazing. It's really hard to organise lots of people. <laughs> it is, especially when you're not in. Especially when you haven't got like a base and you're not in the same place all the time. You're always trotting around as well. And everyone else's too. It's yeah, just... I have this passion project. I've been wanting to get off the ground since September, and I keep putting it in a date, and then suddenly a job comes through, and I'm flying off anywhere, and I'm like, it will happen. But I'm gonna probably shoot it in June now, and I'm like, it's been happening since September. But you're just gonna make. You gotta go. Okay, when I've got the moment gonna put all my effort and get it done exactly and then and it's done and it's something it's it's something to look forward to and then like I love I love my job and I love working yeah I, I prefer to work then have downtime then have downtime me too. Me too. so filling up your downtime with something that interests you and excites you yeah and yeah. pushes you then yeah why not I think this is why the podcast this podcast came about was I was finding going I have some downtime and stuff. How do I, because I'm also a Gemini, I like to do lots of different things. How do I do something that is my core passion, which is spirituality, meeting new people, connecting to people, with also my writing stuff and also creating a sort of brand that I really, and also having therapy. This is, for me, it's therapy. It's really interesting to, because I, I, there's, there's this theory that when you, you have a subconscious thought, that you thought about maybe like six months ago and then they're always there but you just don't you don't trigger them but when someone you meet says a certain quote or a certain phrase you're like oh it's like a reconfirmation of what i already know and already believe in myself so it's sort of like a little that for me it's like a little therapy thing and i get to learn so much from so many different people that are come from all walks of life so it kind of is a little like passiony project on the side that burst out of something going how do I have how do I make my downtime fulfilled and interesting right. as well as what I get fulfillment from my work life 
and nourish you from the you know the yeah, therapy yeah. point of view. I, I actually neglected myself and never do that. I did that for a long time. Never. Um, you got to marry yourself. I love, I, 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 I don't know, I just feel like I, I just didn't do any, like, I just kind of shunned off the idea of therapy and exploration of self, and then in the last year, that all 360. Why? Why did it 360? How did you become aware that you needed to change? Oh, I was just, I was just not in a good place. Right, okay, yeah, so, and then you made, the, you made, and place. you made the action to go, you know, I need to sort this out. Yeah. Cool. So and, what, was, what was your first step? Finding that balance, because I'm a bit of an extreme, like, a bit of an extremist in lots of ways. So just like, I, firstly I moved to New York and I lived with these two wonderful girls who were very balanced and being around them automatically reset me and helped me. Being around the right people, like you yeah, said, yeah. is just so important. Um, so starting to get kind of their energy jump off to me and be like it's okay to be like this like for example I used to work out seven times a day and then seven times a day not sometimes sometimes a week sometimes a day I was like seven times a day yeah seven times seven times a week I was like what no seven times a week and and I was knackered yeah yeah and um you know all my hormones were spiked yeah 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 everything was wild I had what's that What's it called when you overwork out and you get that stress? Get the stress. The stress hormone. What's it when you spike your? I don't know. Oh, I, I blank. I hate when I forget words. Anyway, so I was spiking the wrong levels and it actually wasn't good for me and I, I needed that recovery time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so doing, for example, cutting down and saying it's okay to not work out today. It's good for you. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a there's a phrase that Oprah says saying. Instead of saying you should, you could. She says, I could do that rather than I should do that. And that bit makes it less uh, attacking on yourself. Right. And take more like care, going, I could do this, I could do that. I don't need to do that, or I should do that. I could is a great, better word to use or phrase. Anyway, so carry on. I like that, I really like that. You're like telling yourself off, aren't you? I, yeah. I need to. Yeah, or I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I should be doing it. Or I, I could be doing could that. Be. I could be doing that. So then you don't feel so pressurised to do it from your own self. And then I also um, invest... When, I, when I'm when i in relationships, I like to live sometimes for that person. Well, so I invest bad. a lot of energy into them. But you can invest... Make... Okay, I'm like that as well. I'm like all or nothing. So right. I'm like terrible. But I think... When it's like when it's like they are the world and that and you're literally in their world, that's yeah, the I bad. Yeah, I've done that. Before. Yeah, that's so when I... it, that's when it crashes because then when they break up or then when they go it's too much, you're like ah, and you've got nothing to fall back on because you've got nothing from yours. So I have to find that. I have to work out <laughs> not doing doing do, do that. Don't worry, I've done that. Don't worry, I've been through that. Yeah. And then I actually had to tell myself it's okay to do therapy and everyone should be having therapy. It doesn't, like you don't have to have, you know, a drug addiction to be no. having therapy. In America, it's so normalized. So when it was in America where yeah. I was like, you know what, I'm actually gonna seek some help. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just started therapy recently in like the last few months and um, it's been amazing. Good. It's just sort of like a release, isn't it? Because obviously if you have a partner or family that you can reach out to, but if you feel like you can't reach out to them in a certain uh, voice that you feel that is a vulnerable place, a therapist has no sort of 
connection, connection to, to you. you and it's just like a ventilation system just go blah and then they'll just kind of unravel it and it's quite freeing in a way that you have they have no connection to you they've got nothing they're just there to listen yeah you're not going to put pressure on anyone else yeah um, and and you yeah you've just got i think some i was just feel like oh it's quite selfish and it's quite self-indulgent but you've just got to shuck what? away all those silly things is that what you were thinking that's like, why i was like oh you know doing things for yourself like that but self-discovery i was i was very blocked off from myself yeah. for a long time yeah i had some inner demons i can imagine i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine but no it's really great yeah but everyone's got like issues or self-demons that they're sort of like either suppressing or they've got to address at some point and it's being aware when those demons get too much and you're not actually able to function in life or to interact in life in the most positive way and this is something that we i talk about a lot with um people on the podcast is going how do we become so balanced in quotation marks to the point where we're able to be influenced by what's around us and what we see around us in the most positive life and it's important that we know the difference when we're not centered and when we are centered because it's just being aware of like yourself and self-love and self-care but going if I need to, if I need to go if I need to, if I sh- could go to an event in the evening but I don't feel centered it's knowing and being aware that I actually need to take time out from that rather than keep pushing and pushing and pushing and actually listening to your body to your soul what actually needs to happen yeah and so I think a lot of that is finding self-discovery and a lot of what I talk about with people and this sort of thing is the awareness of yourself so how do you 360 yourself first before you 360 your world because you can't you can't look at the world in a certain way if you are not 360 and understanding what you how you see the world right so that's a lot about what I talk with a lot of people on the podcast so it's great that you are more well more tuned with like when you had your demons and you know that you needed to make a change and I think a lot of people as well don't know how to make a change or don't know where to start isn't yeah. that that's a great quote isn't it that um, the first thing is about it's just to start that's the first obstacle and I think a lot of people baby fear that baby steps is my biggest thing in life I just feel like you've really just got to take baby steps you can't just just think you're going to be at the very top straight away I know my, my demon as well I'm, I'm highly impatient Oh, Gemini. Right, yeah, yeah, Gemini. Yeah. Um, <laughs> highly, highly impatient. But I also believe that I have a really good friend who is um, who is now the chief marketing officer of um, uh, Ralph and Ros- uh, Rosso. Rosso. Oh yeah. He's a really, really good friend of mine, Alistair, and he said this really great thing. He was actually the first person I did the podcast with. Oh, this is the first episode. He's he's a, he's a really good friend of mine, and he in the podcast you listen that we sometimes change what we're offering to people because we think that that's what they want and if I know that I am a certain type of person and I'm trying to get to a certain place or meet a certain person in my life that actually I shouldn't change who I am because I'm I'm where I am now because of who I am so as much as I know as much as I know that I am very impatient I'm I am where I am now successful or not successful depending on someone's vision of me or my own vision that actually that I shouldn't need to change too much who I am because I've got to this point in my life and learn what I need to to need to and learn what I need to 
to learn to be here because of where I am and who I am as a person, rather than getting rid of that impatient quality. Rather than getting in the, get rid of that impatient quality, because I'll never get rid of it. I just have to learn to deal with it. Yes. And so, work with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And work with it and work with it like it's my partner. Yeah. I've got to work with what, I, what I'm being given. I can't just suddenly just change and I'm suddenly a new person. Yeah. So these things of impatient qualities which you might have and I have, it's like something of a Gemini quality. But it's not going, I'm, nev- I'm going to be patient and I'm going to meditate every day and it's just going to suddenly be okay and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, it's fine, 10 years time I'm going to be there. But it's actually like a daily daily exercise like a, like a, another a, a motivational speaker said it was um, uh, Tony Robbins who said your mind is like your body so when you go to the gym you work out and if you don't go to the gym for two weeks your muscles get a bit saggy they don't, they don't they're not as toned it's exactly the same thing for your mind you need to go exercise in your mind if you're not exercising your mind four times a week five times a week it's going to get flabby and that's the sort of like mentality that you can't just like one day think about going I am happy I'm content, I'm going to be patient now, because it's a daily thing, because your body is like a daily ritual that you need to exercise and nourish and that sort of thing. I know, don't leave behind the mind, people. Yeah. <laughs> exercise it just as much. I think, yeah, and I think kind of going on from that, nothing's going to be easy and you've just no. got to work hard. It's just graft and hustle like a bitch (laughs) but also know when you need self-care and know when you need time out I spent probably the same as you when you were younger I spent years and years and years um, self-sabotaging myself because I wanted to be successful and to have success and be so ambitious and I would never go on holidays never give myself spa days or treatments or anything like that I would literally work 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 and I disconnected myself from a lot of my hometown friends and I'm, I'm very open to them and they all know this and I and for and then like years later like maybe three four years later I realized it wasn't very healthy and I was losing connections from something that I was losing myself a part of what my past and that past is actually why I'm here you're here I know it's crazy I disconnected from people for for about two years at the beginning of modeling I was just like right no yeah okay, no I'm not doing any proper holidays yeah, yeah. my little brother was distraught and yeah. I didn't take him away yeah um, and now I you know everyone's accepted me and I've you know I've come back and been like I'm sorry that I kind of cut everyone out I was just trying to make myself so alone so I could just do this thing do whatever that thing is that you're so ambitious about doing yeah yeah I got lost in it and yeah 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 I, I, I actually was in hospital oh. I was in hospital from it oh. I got that I got that ill I was in hospital what did you go to hospital for because I went to hospital I collapsed on a job I collapsed on a job oh my god so I was flying oh I was flying back from Jakarta I was two, doing two jobs and my assistant was in the rehearsal room with me mm. And I was flu. I was literally going, working like a maniac, doing like different time zones. And I was opening one show plus doing another show at the same time in London and, and in Jakarta. And I was really ill in Jakarta anyway because I'm allergic to chili. And I was also in hospital. Also, the chilies, chilies. Actually, chili. I'm allergic oh, to wow. chili. So also, I was also in hospital as well in hosp- in in Jakarta because like someone fed me chili oh, and no. I had to like oh and all that sort of thing. So when I came back, I was also recovering from that. And then I was like, fuck that. I'm like, go 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 go, Jamie Neal. I've got to do my shit. And then it came a point where I was in rehearsal shooting. It was the most scariest thing. When you are a creative person or you're a person that as a writer, as an artist, 
and you can't physically do your job mentally because you are so broken and so worn out. It's a very, very scary place. And I remember looking at a screen for like 45 seconds and my assistant's going, what are we doing next? And I'm like, absolutely no idea. I just was just, the fuel was gone. There was nothing left in my tank. And I, and I was like trying to go through that day and I just like trying to get through. And then in the evening I collapsed. I was vomiting blood. Oh my gosh. And I was really, really bad. And I had to get an ambulance. The next one, my, my housemates at the time called an ambulance. And they thought I was just being dramatic. They're like, Jamie, we're not that. I don't want to let anyone down either. And like, you're just so grateful for every opportunity you ever have. So I was on a job for shooting Reebok. And um, I was a bit faint feeling. And then um, I felt this excruciating pain down my spine. Yeah, yeah. And back. And um, next thing you know, I collapsed on this job and they had to get me an ambulance. Oh no. Oh, no. We have oh, a no. spillage. So we oh, have a We've got a spillage in the back. <laughs> um, sorry, carry so, on. Um, and I had a kidney infection. Oh wow. That I stress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stress and six coffees a day and not enough water. And same we've been on same a, place. Same place. And then I had a. Uh, a problem with my heart like a year before and I was prescribed uh, the wrong medication so I had like too much codeine so I was completely out of it oh uh, well yeah okay for a year yeah, really. yeah, yeah. I was no I was working hard and everything but I was really quite it was like I, I don't think I was like fully there yeah yeah I know I know oh, I know exactly you know? how you mean I know exactly how you mean um, but I didn't want to like upset stop. the client or anything yeah stop so or stop I and really actually, and stop. actually in so the, worried but in that, in that moment I was in the same place because I was like I've, I mean, I was like literally like finishing one show and I was like I feel a bit weird but I had this thick sort of like thing going like Jamie it's fine you can you can do it you can do it and I think a lot of people go through that going they get to that breaking point and they just even you either go whoa okay let's just take a time out or you go your um, your mind goes Jamie you're being stupid you can still do it you can still carry on and I think I think it's like the I call it the amber amber flag now I know when I'm like feeling a bit like tired and I'm really like worn out and I know it's like getting to the point where I'm going to really be ill and I think you have to sometimes you have to go to that burnout place to know now what what it is to be like that so you have to have that sort of warning flag earlier on maybe or maybe not but I think that maybe you now know and you're aware of it going when I'm at that point where I need to rest I just go you know what time out time out we just need to like just chill out a bit get Netflix on get whatever it is chocolate or whatever it is so I can imagine you're pretty much that sort of person as well now more mentally yeah, definitely yeah so um, yeah go go go, so, oh, go no I'm just seeing friends Friends. Socialising is quite important, I didn't realise, for a yeah. Gemini. Man, I'm a socialite. Really... Are you a socialite? I mean, I don't, I think for now I back out of my arm again. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think I'd have to stop socialising. Yeah, yeah. Bit. But no, it's great for you. Yeah, I feed off energy from people. Yeah. I feed off it, but I'm that, I'm that, I'm that aware of energy that I can't be in the same room as someone if I know their energy is off with me. Oh, or... okay, right, okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I actually had this, I got bullied at school, I was at a girls school and I got bullied quite badly and just being in the same room as that bully was excruciating. I can't imagine. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I think because I, I think I grew up as, I, I was an actor before I was doing what I was doing, oh, years, okay. years, years ago. So for me, like, 
and what I do now is like it's very much like I meet new people constantly all the time so I'm always judging and feeling the room not judging but like that's the wrong word I'm always I'm always feeling the room of who's what's the dynamic in my in my work so I'm always aware of like the energy of like when I meet someone new because I have to fit in to whatever the process or the journey is within that day right okay. so I'm actually taking that what I already know and and, and someone's energy can really affect me really yeah. badly. So like, I used to date actors, cover oh. actors. Yeah, I know, yeah. Danger. Yeah, I know, years and years ago, when I was like 21, 22. And because they're so like, up and down, I would get really affected and I'd be like, why? Because I was also slightly insecure myself. Living it with them. So I was like, in, I was embodying all their energy onto me. And then yeah. I'd be like, is it me that you're, your energy's really down and I would bring that on me and then my energy would go down and I'm like, I feel really heavy at the moment. And it was because they've, they've took the energy and they put it onto me and I keep the energy. Mm. Rather than just going, you're feeling you that, do you. you do you. But now I'm like that, now I'm more, much more aware when I see energy, I'm like, oh, I, I see your energy, I'm gonna just, I know when to get out. Like I know when not to stay too long. If I stay too long, it's gonna affect me. So I'm more aware and I go, okay, I see where your energy is. I see it, I kind of like it, maybe I don't like it, and I'm just going to remove myself and go, you know what, you do you and I do me. And it's important to have those kind of Feel, like, feelings. yeah, feelings. But anyway, so, so, so to summarise, what would be the one quote you would give your younger self, or the one quote now that you would kind of like, it ignites and it really resonates within you? So this is actually a quote that my friend lives by, but um, it resonates in every single way with, with me and my life and my younger self mm -hmm. which is comparison is the thief of joy right because I think we live in a world where we are forced to compare ourselves with others yeah yeah and I know that that has been a fault of mine especially especially when I was younger at, at school even to like in modelling I'd compare myself to other models yeah and yeah you know naturally and I just think that you are you and and you can't take you know when you start comparing yourself with others you're just going to take that away taking yourself away from yourself yeah, you know yeah. what I mean yeah, um, yeah. so I would share that with everyone <laughs> brilliant I love that quote good quote to finish off with thank you really good quote to finish I have, off with I had another one I actually came across recently in my book but I can't find it and this one I actually live by so it's probably better than the new one oh. but I'll find that one and I'll send it to you find it and send it to me well <laughs> anyway thank you so much for your time it's been really great I know you're uh, travelling non-stop so I really appreciate you just spending the time the, just went to the passport place uh, yesterday you can get your passport done in one day yeah I know because well only if you're <laughs> British never. you can get two passports so you get your main passport and a 24-hour passport it's amazing yeah I know I actually just got the fast track of a whole new one. Oh wow that's really great yeah amazing just gotta pay a few more bucks yeah yeah <laughs> well anyway thank you so much for your time oh thank you This is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Please subscribe to our listings every two weeks on a Sunday. We are on all social media platforms. Please, please subscribe if you really enjoy our 360 chats. You can also find us on Instagram at 360-yourself and also for our host, that's me, 
Jamie Neil JN. Thank you so much for listening. 